0: hannah i'm not gonna lie i'm not gonna lie i'm really excited for this one so let's bring the commissioner in right now thank you all right guys joining me live from wellington is the disability rights commissioner paula teserero paula
1: how are you today kia ora jade and hi everyone i'm good thank you
0: uh right right before we start i gotta ask obviously we're going to be talking about the sector broadly but for you and your family what has the last two weeks been like
1: Uh like like, like for many new zealanders it, it, it's been um interesting and challenging getting used to this new normal. Um, I've set myself up in the garage, and so I've been able to uh, work out of the garage while my husband and kids are inside. So I've got that little bit of space to, you know, keep doing my job uh, and just really getting our heads around, um, you know, what what this is. But you know, I'm I'm really acutely aware that. For many people right now this is uh, particularly challenging and and that's what i've really been focused on
0: excellent thank you for that and and as i said again we hope you're well and we hope you stay well um we have quite a number of international guests on this twitch show here so for those that may not know can you describe for us your role as disability rights commissioner uh broadly speaking and then what your function is with the COVID-19 response?
1: Sure, so my role under the Human Rights Act is broadly speaking to protect and promote the rights of disabled New Zealanders and so I've got a range of levers um, with which to execute that role and in relation to this COVID-19 situation, broadly speaking there's, there's sort of three roles, one is advising government, so making sure that government is aware of its human rights obligations towards disabled people at this time. Mm. Uh, that's not in a way to slow things down, it's just to uh, help government take a human rights approach to um, its response at this time. Secondly, I've got a role around you know really being connected with the community and so I've been doing that as best I can from my garage um, and really staying in touch with what's going on out there and then thirdly there's there's a role around holding government to account and really what that means is just making sure that disabled people are not falling through the gaps mm. um, at this time and you know we, we know that some are and there's a real potential uh, for that to happen so it's really making sure that I am drawing that to government's attention. So so those are sort of the, the three broad roles, if you like, uh, at, at this time.
0: Thank you so much for that. So so on that basis, I know my viewers and myself are really keen to know, what do you understand about what's going on on the ground? How much of that can you share with us today?
1: I think it's really important that we all have a really good understanding of what's going on and I've been really pleased that you know people have shared their situations with me both at the individual level and then sort of more broadly what's going on within their community people have been staying in touch via social media via my email and text Mm. and phone and and it's been great because actually I can't do my job well unless I know what's happening so it's been great service providers have um, stayed in touch and various NGOs so I'm feeling really well connected. Um, I think there are a number of things Jade that are going on. Um, One of the big issues particularly a few days ago but we're starting to see some movement on has been around making sure that uh, community care workers both in residential facilities and in the homes of disabled people have access to the personal protective equipment and you know that there were some real issues around that early on and uh, there's been some movement now to release that gear and make it available. Um, There have been issues around um, accessible transport and so uh, making sure that disabled people can get to their essential services. Access to food has become a real issue for a lot of New Zealanders, and I'm acutely aware that in our community, particularly where you know there, there is that digital divide in many places, um, getting access to food uh, it, it is a real issue. Um, another issue has just been the accessibility of communications, and you know there, there's work going on to take that general COVID-19. Um, information and and create accessible formats and make that available to people. I think one of the things that you know I'm really acutely aware of is that for a long time in New Zealand, you know listeners will know, and you and I both know that um, you know the outcomes for disabled people have not been what they need to be. And at a time like this, the gaps really become quite clear. And, you know, you can't just put a band-aid over those gaps. You know, people have to work pretty hard to, to get what is needed to get done done. And so people who might ordinarily be okay at this time, you know, are struggling without access to respite care, behavioural support um, services, things like teacher aids. Um, so some of those ordinary supports that many in our community have when they're not there at the moment, it really does create challenges for people.
0: Right, and I suppose the core reason uh, why we reached out to you to have this conversation today was around that issue, those that would normally be okay, not being so okay. I've got a question about PPE, we can talk about that a little bit later, but I want to come squarely to your opinion on the government so far and whether you feel uh, they've responded appropriately to the needs of our community? Uh,
1: Look, I think by and large there is most definitely uh, a very open mind that I'm seeing and you know I think at a time like this the gaps the existing gaps in infrastructure and service delivery and, and policies are uh, are really starting to show and i think agencies are becoming very aware that well actually when you think about how do people get access to supermarkets at the moment you know that's quite challenging enough for most new zealanders but then you have to apply your mind to how disabled people might get access you know and that means that not everyone can fill in an online shopping form not everyone has access to the computer not everyone has access to accessible transport at the moment and so it's it's asking all those added questions that um you know make it particularly challenging for disabled people at the moment so what i'm seeing across government is um, most definitely an understanding of the really really pressing issues that are affecting our community and you know I think government's working pretty hard to resolve things for most New Zealanders but some of those responses just can't come fast enough for our mm. community so I think it's about you know that it's about pace what I'm hopeful for if there's a silver lining to to this situation I'm hoping that the pace at which government agencies are now having to think about disability might continue in the future and that more people will be aware of actually you can't just take a universal approach and it will work for disabled people, you actually have to think a bit differently and maybe the silver lining is that that thinking might continue into the future.
0: Is there a real terms risk that if the health system becomes pressurised that disabled people will will inevitably be deprioritized is what I'm hearing in the community. People are feeling like that might be an issue if we don't get covid nineteen under wraps.
1: I think that it's a fear which um, you know is has validity in terms of you know we've seen what's been happening in some other countries and and how people uh, have been deprioritized. I think that. know we all need to make sure that doesn't happen Mm -hmm. here and you know if I sort of think about what the government have been saying um, around COVID-19 you know that they've been talking about wanting to make sure that uh, people in our community and people over 70 and people with underlying health conditions um, are protected at this time and so I think there's a very a very genuine um, uh, authentic approach to that and you know i think we have to be really attuned to the fact though that there there will be pressure on the health system i'm sure as a result of this for years to Mm. come and and you know we all need to make sure that 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 doesn't disproportionately impact us
0: i want to come to providers next but but i want to ask first um what things are you talking about with decision makers because you would be one of the few people that would get access to them right now.
1: Yeah, I, I in the early days, it felt like a bit of scrambling, um, <laughs> as, as everyone was. But we've got some really good processes in place now for me to be able to escalate things at a really high level. And I'm doing that in partnership with Disabled People's Organisations and the Office for Disability Issues. The, the uh, three of us have a, a really good working relationship at this time around... Um, well, at all times, but just particularly right now, just around um, escalating things. So the things that I have been talking a lot about has been uh, PPE, which we touched on, access to food, accessible transport, um, the accessibility of communications, and what are some of the options around um, respite care and access To services like that the other thing that i've also been talking about and i met with ministers um yesterday on actually was my concern around violence and abuse at this time and as we know uh, this is a topic which um you know i've is very Uh, dear to me in terms of wanting to raise the prevalence and impact of violence and abuse on disabled people during normal times and you know at this particular time uh, I think you know there are a number of us who are are worried about the potential pressure and rise of of violence and abuse and so I've been talking with ministers about what are some of the things and you know here and now that can be done to help protect people Um, during this really challenging time. Really
0: important, really important. Thank you, Commissioner. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about providers. Obviously, they're under a lot of pressure. I'm told that something like this only comes around every 100 years or so. Um, In terms of how providers are responding, how do you feel about that? Before you go, I'll just say, you know, anecdotally, I'm hearing things like, uh, support workers are not showing up, or providers are losing their workforce to illness, or simply wanting to self isolate. What What's your impression of how providers are responding at this time?
1: Uh, look, I I think listeners um to this will will have a a better day to day sense of that than me. What I'm hearing is that um you know service providers have also been under under immense challenge around um, protecting their own workforce but also uh, early on again and getting um, the protective equipment for staff i certainly know in um, you know meeting with the nz dsn that you know that they're really really committed to making sure that services are um, are running as best they can at this time, notwithstanding that, you know, of, of course there are challenges. I know that service providers early on were matching, um, you know, in their databases, um, you know, making sure that they were working closely with, um, with the NASCs and with people and their families around you know those with high and and complex needs and and what was needed Um, look I'm sure things aren't perfect Um, nothing is perfect at the moment I really really encourage people to um, contact their NASC contact their service provider um, contact the the Ministry of Health and I'd certainly you know welcome feedback directly to me about how that's going service providers are well connected into um, you know trying to influence sort of government at the moment around what's what's needed so you know the the sort of situation that you you describe and people not turning up and lateness and and things um, you know you people out there will know to what degree that's happening I just encourage people to um, you know really bring that to the attention of NASCs and service providers. I know that the, you know, all I can say from the meetings I've been in is that the intention is, you know, is a really good one. I know service providers want to do their best. I know they're under, you know, constraint and I think everyone, you know, we are literally in this together and we we need to, you know, call out when things aren't working, Um, but also Yeah, be be mindful of that everyone is working in a really pressured environment for
0: sure thank you for that um let's go back to PPE i know you touched on that your your message earlier was that actually the situation seems to be improving i'm hearing stories about people having to sew their own masks they may not be to regulation not sure how much help they would be to people if they're sewing them themselves and these articles about making sure disabled people don't have worse health outcomes because they don't have access to PPE. So can you just clarify what the real-term situation is around PPE?
1: So you're absolutely right. Um, What you describe is uh, families um, uh, who are, you know, I've been being given stories of families who are looking for looking after disabled children and there are multiple carers coming in on any one day and they haven't had the gear um, other examples of um, carers who have been into multiple other homes during the day and then come into the home of a of a disabled person Absolutely. and you know I've been very very concerned about that hence it was you know for the, for the first couple of days was the issue that um, I and others the DPOs and and uh, and service providers themselves and many others were working hard to to change what I understand now is that um, the Ministry of Health is working directly with DHBs to get that gear out and there have been public statements around that um, Gathering, it's going to. It takes a little while for that gear to reach people, but at least that decision to release that gear has uh, has occurred, and I'm really pleased about that because, you know, we we um, need to make sure that disabled people are feeling comfortable with carers coming into their homes with the right equipment, and also that um, carers feel safe in, in going into you know, multiple other homes and things, and then into the homes of a disabled person. So when I say that I think things are moving, uh, I'm sure it's going to take, you know, a couple of days for that to to actually um, hit the ground, so to speak. But I know that, you know, those public decisions have been made to release that gear.
0: Awesome. So initially, we all know from a message from the Prime Minister, and I think Ashley as well, that initially PPE for support workers wasn't a priority, that they were squarely focused on the front line. Were you part of the changing of the mind on that one, would you say?
1: Um, Well, I couldn't take credit for that all myself. I I certainly uh, raised at the highest levels. I wrote to ministers and the Director-General of Health um, and and consistently, uh, and I I spoke on... um, the media about about the issue uh, i also know that uh it was also raised by others so i think you know a, a collective effort um you know was was able to you know we, we were all able to affect that change
0: that's awesome thank you so much um, just checking my notes here in terms of the gaps because you're obviously talking about lots of good things happening right now in terms of how we're responding for disabled people, if you wouldn't mind, just um, indulging us, what 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 do you think some of the gaps still are uh, in terms of taking care of our most vulnerable uh, people?
1: I think um, the 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 issues which um, I, I know are being worked on, but you know there is not necessarily resolution across all of these areas but i know um you know things like access to respite care what are the options there um for for people uh what options are you know there we know there are existing um gaps in um service delivery agencies in relation to family violence and you know um we know that that those gaps exist now and so will there be um, a response which can provide much more intensive wraparound support from a disability perspective? Um, access to food is absolutely being worked on at central government and local government but I know that there are still people who are contacting me about access to food and look access to food is one of the most basic human needs and so I'm, I really Absolutely really agree. encourage people to yep. look at the COVID-19 website um, there's information in there around accessing food and there's a number of um, hotlines and uh, places to call so I really encourage people to, to be aware of those um, and accessibility of Communications, you know, I know um, DPOs and, and are working incredibly hard to get accessible formats of information. Um, my senior comms advisor is part of that team in um, helping create accessible formats, but you know, again, um, time is of the essence and it's trying you know, now to take a much more all-of-government approach to communications. So originally the DPOs um, and others were working on health information and now there's a, a need to create accessible formats across a broader range of information that's coming out of government. So, you know, really good levels of awareness of these things and it, it, it's just the time that it takes to, to put all of that into action.
0: I've got to say, and I can't speak for the deaf community because I'm not a member, but I have to say I've been really impressed with how visible, at least, the sign language interpreters have been as of late.
1: Yeah, I, look, it's great. It, it, um, you know, it, it's such a positive image of inclusion when you see a, a person Um, who's using New Zealand Sign Language next to the Prime Minister and next to the Director General of Health and I think that the ongoing challenge is to make sure that the rest of our community can access information so that you know there's easy read formats and formats for people who are blind or have low vision um, and you know getting those formats um, out but you're right it's it's great to see New Zealand Sign Language being used.
0: Thank you Um, We're coming to the end of our time together. I've got an extra one for you, something I've only just been made aware of. Uh, The Ministry of Justice recently released some guidance around um, separated families being able to continue uh, contact relationships where there might be a parenting order. I'm hearing that there are some issues with the actual execution of that, where disabled people might need support workers in the home, and a feeling that support workers uh, may may contaminate, for lack of a better word, the children involved. Have you been across that issue at all?
1: No, that one is new to me. I have been aware of the ministry's guidance around um, separated families, but not that there was that particular Concern concerned from the disability sure. community so so sure. thank you for letting me know that
0: no that's no worry and finally i just wanted to give you a platform and a stage i suppose to deliver whatever message you'd like to to my audience here today
1: oh thanks jade look i, I you know we're in some really challenging times i think our community um often faces a disproportionate burden at the best of times and we need to make sure that our community is not uh, facing an even more disproportionate burden at this time and i think you know the spotlight is really being shone on the um gaps that that exist and you know I, i feel a sense of positivity in seeing how um those you know those um, gaps are being seen at the highest levels, and I, I think, you know, my, my role here is to keep um, feeding information through and encouraging pace at getting those things resolved. Um, I really encourage people to look at that COVID-19 website if you can. Um, I encourage you to, you know, um, look at websites like... Um, I'm just looking for the name of it, but IHC and Carers New Zealand just recently released it. um, And, you know, um, raising issues there. Please keep raising issues with me. Um, I really need to have a good sense of what's happening out there. Uh, I know that it can feel like a long time at the moment uh, between raising things and things getting resolved. Um, but please keep raising things through your NASC, through your DHB, through your service provider, your support worker, um, and please keep letting me know what's going on. It helps me do my job much better, Um, and and, you know, let's make sure we really look after our community as, as best we all can through this.
0: I'm gonna say that I got a sharp prod in my shoulder from my producer we do have one question uh, from the audience if I could spare a bit more of your time to to sure. ask, that, ask <laughs> that one so it's around uh, civil defense emergency plans in the future are these going to be looked into beforehand there's a concern that uh, with these plans disabled people are not considered at all do you have a response to that right now
1: Yeah, thank you for the question. Um, Again, I think this is something which, um, you know, a time like this, when you need to put these plans in place, it becomes very real uh, in terms of where there are gaps. Definitely on my radar, I haven't raised it yet. I know that the civil defence messaging um, that's going out, we do have opportunities to feed messages through there and and I will do that and I've just made a note of uh to raise to raise this
0: oh that's fantastic and my producer just wants to say one thing to you really quick (laughs) hopefully you're not fangirling live on stream but
1: hi Paula (laughs) I just really wanted to say thank you so much and um you've given me some reassurance because um I actually had to go out the other day and it was very scary in the sense of I went to the supermarket and no one was respecting um, distance. Not even the workers. Um, yes, I'm blind and low vision, but there's this thing called Facebook, FaceTime. So, um, yeah, it was very scary for the fact that the people attending were not respecting distance and then the people working there were not respecting distance. So great to know that there's a hotline and um, great to know that because we've got no one in our house that to go out and do groceries and it's still so hard with those slots so I really appreciate the work that you're doing. Yeah no no thank you and I I definitely the supermarket slots I think you know supermarkets have have been doing a good job to try and make, make food accessible um, available rather but uh people are telling me that those slots can be hard to to get definitely so you know i think we need to keep raising these issues and um you know just because then you know people are aware at at high levels that that there are issues it doesn't mean they'll be resolved overnight so we do need to keep that momentum on and certainly um you know there are a number of us who are doing that so please keep in touch with me and let me know what's happening um and I'll do do my best to uh to do my role well
0: that's really great just finally from me I really do want to acknowledge that your team was super responsive I think I got a response like straight away when I reached out to you so I appreciate your openness to the interview and for your team being as responsive as they were. Thank you very much. Kia ora.
1: Thanks, Jade. And, and thanks, everyone.
0: Really appreciate your time today, Paula. And we hope to have you on again later. Okay. When, when we're not in a crisis, perhaps.
1: Yes. <laughs> All right. Thank you.
0: That'll be great. Good seeing you. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Bye. Paula. Bye.